Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He said to them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and they did not find his body there. They came back and told us they indeed had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, a few weeks ago, many of us were saying, this is the lintiest Lent we have ever Lented. We felt isolated, in the dark, desperate for something to change, for light to emerge, for life to come out of this chaotic and crazy time. And then last week, we made the transition from Lent to Easter, a day when we celebrate the tomb is empty, that Christ is risen indeed. Liturgically, this is the time of year that we spend rejoicing, singing and celebrating that through the resurrection of Jesus, death is conquered forevermore. But this year, Easter seems a little different. Just like it was the Lentius Lent, this has begun as the strangest Easter. Because instead of feeling like Lent is over, for many of us, we still feel like we are wandering around a half-lit room. We aren't sure whether it's day or night, 
we definitely don't know what day of the week it is, and we are thoroughly disoriented by everything that has been going on over the last month. But as writer and theologian Cameron Howard says, thanks be to God that no matter the wrenching chaos of the world, and no matter where or how, or even if we mark the day, Easter happens. Life flourishes in the face of death, and we are offered resurrection hope. Today, I believe we are all in a collective liminal space. A liminal space is the time between what was and what is to come. It's a place of transition, a place where you are in the in-between. We are caught between many things today. We are caught between the joy of Easter, the celebration that we feel in our hearts, and the reality of social distancing and the stress that that brings. We're caught between being grateful for technology and the opportunity to worship this way together and frustrated that it's the only option we have. We're caught between the pandemic beginning and wondering when it will ever be over. We are caught between life before COVID-19 and life after COVID-19. Perhaps you have stopped to ask yourself, how can we be Easter people in the in-between? How can we encounter the risen Christ in this liminal space? Our passage begins with two disciples walking together on a road, perhaps like this one. They're walking away from Jerusalem, away from the place where so much has happened, and they're walking towards a village called Emmaus. So the disciples, too, we see are in a liminal place between two points, between Jerusalem and Emmaus. They're grieving the loss of Jesus, the loss of normalcy and certainty in their lives. They had dedicated the past three years of their life to following this man that they believed was the Messiah, believing his teachings, and then he was killed, leaving them to wonder if he was the one after all. In the midst of their confusion and sadness, they were left to pick up the pieces and reorient their lives. And so they walk, because really, what else is there to do? We learn early on that the disciples are not alone in their walk. A stranger, who we know is Jesus, comes and joins them. And while Jesus is there, he begins to ask them some questions. Questions that he knows the answers to, but questions that as the disciples answer, they are processing the meaning of what has happened in the last few days. The disciples proceed to pour out their hearts to this stranger about Jesus of Nazareth, about how they hoped he would be the one to redeem Israel. But now that it's the third day and they have no proof, they have not seen the risen Christ, they are not so sure. Sure, they saw that the tomb was empty and they heard that Jesus was risen, but because they haven't seen it with their own eyes, they are left wondering what to do. These are the events that led to those two disciples walking on the road that day, feeling helpless and hopeless. But I don't want us to miss this detail. It's exactly in that moment when the disciples are feeling helpless, hopeless, sad, full of sorrow, that Jesus joins them on the road. Jesus doesn't wait to make himself known to those two disciples when they're in a better headspace or when they're shouting hallelujah, when they have figured everything out. No, Jesus comes and walks with them in their grief, in their sorrow, and shows them that they are not alone. Jesus meets them in their liminal, 
uncertain times and walks with them. This is the compassionate, selfless Savior whom we celebrate has been raised from the dead. Jesus knows the power of presence and listening in times of sorrow and sadness. Jesus is a Savior who does not put himself above us, but comes and walks right beside us on the road. Jesus is a Savior who doesn't stop pointing us towards glimmers of hope and light that spring forth even in the midst of confusion and chaos. When I picture Jesus walking and talking with these two disciples, I can't help but hear the song in the garden in my head. It is the song that begins, I come to the garden alone. Again, a perfect image for this time of year with the flowers blooming, the wonderful spring air. It does make you want to go outside and be in a garden. And then at the chorus in the song, it says, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. What words of comfort are found in this hymn? We begin on a walk alone, and at some point Jesus joins us, walks with us, and talks with us. This is the favorite hymn of our very own Sarah Wilder. Before this pandemic, I had the great joy of seeing Sarah once a month at Little Sisters of the Poor, because a few years ago, she saw a need for the Protestant women at Little Sisters of the Poor to receive regular communion. And so she made it happen. She called her church, Ashland Place, and said, these women need regular communion. So the ministers started coming once a month to partake in communion with these women. And over time, it has turned into more of a small worship service. Since August, Phoebe Lee has been coming with me each month to go see Sarah Wilder and her six or so friends. Did I mention that Sarah Wilder is 105 and still doing ministry? It's amazing. But each time Phoebe and I go, we are amazed at how we feel like we are on holy ground there with those women. Sometimes everyone is lucid and they can hear us and it seems like we're all on the same page, but other times they're not but they still chime in when we say the Lord's Prayer together and when Sarah Wilder requests the song In the Garden, which we sing every time we share communion together. The presence of God is made known when we say those prayers, when we take communion together, and when we sing those songs. I truly believe that when we slow down, when we pay attention and allow our eyes to be opened, we will see that the presence of God has been with us all along. It is Easter after all, the season when we remember and celebrate that God has brought life and light, hope and restoration for all of creation, all because of the empty tomb, because Jesus was resurrected and conquered the grave. Like the disciples at the end of our text this morning and the women at Little Sisters of the Poor, perhaps we can recognize the risen Christ in the very ordinary things we are doing right now, like walking in our neighborhood, in bread and in wine, in singing songs that we've known since childhood, and in sharing a meal with one another. So I wonder, where have you seen the risen Christ in these liminal times? Where have you seen Christ in these times of social distancing and quarantine? Where have you seen signs of life and light springing forth from this chaos? I'll share with you one place that I have seen the risen Christ is through your generosity, through the leadership of the missions team with Cami Singleton and the Joseph Project with Lee Faircloth, 
You all have helped provide 400 hot meals to hospitals and clinics right here in Mobile. And this is amazing. This is how we show the risen Christ is alive and moving, even in the midst of these unprecedented times. Even in the liminality, we see that the risen Christ can be made known when we take care of each other, when we care for our neighbors, and when we give generously. But this is not the only place that the risen Christ can be seen. The presence of Christ is here and ready to spring forth all around it. The question is, will we recognize it? Will we share it with others? Or will we focus on the absence of Christ and what we can't see instead? While we are in this liminal space, after the pandemic has broken out, but before it is all resolved, let us remember that Jesus is not only in places of certainty and normalcy, but with us on the road, in the transition, showing up in unexpected places. Let us look for the risen Christ who is already among us. In the name of God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, amen.